You are listening to the Unapologetically Fueled podcast, where we talk about cultivating food freedom, psychology, gut health, overcoming adversity, hearing inspirational stories, and how to truly live life unapologetically fueled. Hello and welcome back to the show, everybody. I am so freaking excited for today's guest. Like, you guys have no idea. We've been planning this and like for so long and it's amazing. And I have the amazing Maddie on here and I'm going to have you introduce yourself in just a second. But like, guys, this is an inspiring human. She is so incredible and resilient and has just overcome so much. And like, she is using her passions to absolutely just be the most, you're just amazing, Maddie. And I'm so excited to have you on. So if you want to go ahead and introduce you like yourself and everything you are, um, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. And I literally love you so much. As as Sabrina was just saying, we've been trying to do this for a very long time. And I'm so excited to be talking today. So my name is Maddie Elise. If you guys don't know me, I am a certified personal trainer, as well as a fitness and a mindset coach. And I'm really passionate about helping people, I say, like, wake up and step into their full potential as a human being. So that's kind of like my, my jam. Um, I'm also really about what I say is wellness without obsession because I do have a past with disordered eating, disordered exercise, and just taking being healthy to the extreme. So I'm really passionate about helping people do that as well. So I am an entrepreneur. I do have a registered business with the government, which is crazy. Just recently got around to doing that. So um, we love it. And I'm currently working on my certification to become an exercise physiologist as well. So super exciting. Girl, that's that's pretty much me. (laughs) That's amazing, guys. She's so qualified. So, you know, what she's saying here is you should take it with her advice. Um, It's like, I mean, you know, of course, everybody's different. But like, seriously, like she is qualified. This is amazing. With the government, (laughs) that's huge. I'm obsessed. Um, Yeah. And so um, an exercise physiologist, too. I love the science. Me, the science nerd who always brings in like science and like psychology. Oh, 100%. I'm like, I love this. That's so exciting. Um, well, congratulations with that. Um, uh, as she said, she's super, super qualified and also has a story with um, underfeeling and disordered eating. And before we kind of get into your story, I just want to like say that honestly, I think people who have a history of disordered eating and underfueling and overexercising make the best personal trainers when they like, you know, recover. It's because you understand like how it can become an unhealthy thing. And then you have that background of like, you actually cultivate that love for movement in a healthy way. And I think that's amazing because there's too many trainers out there that are like, okay, like drink your green juice and like do hours of the still <laughs> all that weight loss. I'm like, no, it's so obsessive and it's well, you are all about wellness without exception. So that's why I'm like, yep. Yeah, no, and you're right. And for the longest time, you know, I felt like a hypocrite because I was telling all these people, you gotta feel your body, but I was like not doing that. And honestly, like when I was deep into my disordered eating under fueling phase. I really wasn't working as a personal trainer because of that. I My biggest fear in this life is being a hypocrite. Okay, I don't want to say biggest fear, but <laughs> one thing I want to completely avoid is I never want to say something and then not be living it myself, you know? And I feel like that's just part of me being a very honest human, very open human is like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, that's not really my, my jam. I try to be honest and open as much as I can, so. Yeah, yeah. and that's, an amazing value to have. And I think it's just so important for no matter what you're doing in life. Um, just honestly, I value that too. And, um, even like, if we look at like the Bible a little bit, like Jesus, like he values honesty and not being a hypocrite. Like there's this whole passage about like the woman who, um, was like a prostitute and everyone was out to throw stones at her. Yeah. And yep. it's, like drop it if you don't have sin and it's not jesus calling out the woman who was a sinner he was calling out the people who were hypocrites and it's so it's like mm-hmm. i think that's amazing and like you are literally using like the light of christ and god to like um work in this like fitness community in such a beautiful way so that's incredible thank you yeah no for sure and honestly my faith let's just come let's just kind of pivot completely. My faith was like one of the major contributing factors to me finally getting the courage to give up, you know, that life that I had wanted, quote unquote, wanted for myself to maintain that body type. That was what I wanted, right? But what did Christ call me to? What is God's will for my life? It was was never 
to maintain that body type because he's called me for more and he's going to use my story to help so many other people. And it's like kind of the most selfless thing I could do was say, you know what, I'm going to listen to you, God, I'm going to do it you want me to do and <laughs> look at it it worked out so always trust always right? trust. Oh, that's so <laughs> so beautiful and I love um hearing all about how faith and everything just kind of helps you with like that's what really helped me to get over my eating disorder and just like everything with that too is just like it's so important and God calls you to live such a beautiful life and you can't you know work for his good if you're not like you taking care of yourself and your body so that's awesome a hundred percent and your book your book, I read it. And that is one of the things that I was like, Oh, my gosh, uh, she's so right in her journey. Like, you inspired my journey. I'm serious. Maddie, you're gonna make me cry. Like, literally, <laughs> so sweet. Oh, my gosh. I literally have it in my nightstand. Oh, thank you so much. That is so sweet. It was definitely all from God. And it's like, I sometimes I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I'm nervous about like having this published out there, especially like I'm um, becoming a clinical psychologist. And it's like, you know, my few, like my clients and stuff, they can easily search my name and find that I have a book about my journey. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, sometimes I doubt. I'm like, why did I publish this? Like, I'm so nervous. But then I hear people like, you and like other people like give feedback that it's helped them in their journeys and that it's like brought them closer to God. And I'm like, this is why I put it out there is because it is from God. It's not a career thing. It's a God thing. And so exactly. I'm like, I separate those things. And like, it is my calling. And so that was just, oh, that was such a great, thank you so much. Guys, plug, go get her book. If you haven't, <laughs> please read it. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you. Of course. <laughs> Um, so if you wouldn't mind going into your story with underfueling and disordered eating, um, it's kind of been, I know, an up and down journey for you, but um, where did you start? Where are you now? Just kind of share as much or as little. Yeah, the, it's a very, very long story, but I'll just kind of start with giving a little bit of background about how my past was with exercise before it got unhealthy. Um, so I was a gymnast growing up for like nine years, very active. Um, loved it, loved it so much. And then eventually I got into middle school era and it was time to give that up. You know, it took a lot of time. I just, I couldn't see myself doing it full time. So I ended up switching. I did track cross country and swimming all during middle school. So I've always been a very active human being, right? Mm -hmm. um, then high school came around. I had to choose one sport. So I chose track and field. I was a, a hurdler, sprinter. I love it. Um, yeah. So then during that off season, I didn't really do much exercise. Right. So after doing three sports in middle school, my body changed when I went to middle or high school. So that was one of the major contributing things was that change of my body, the way that I looked, I started to feel like very unconfident in who I was. Um, so that was kind of one of the main, main driving things for me. And, you know, comments from parents, from friends, about body changes that are happening and oh maybe if you ate a little healthier blah 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 all those innocent little comments that are horrible in the You're long right. term so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know come on <laughs> but kind of kind of that's what triggered it was comments like that and just the discomfort with my body as well as a friend who was struggling with her relationship with food didn't have a diagnosed eating disorder but I'm like 100% sure um, she had anorexia but so that kind of made me internalize things and see habits that were working for her to lose weight in a very unhealthy way. That's typically how my story started. So from there, it just kind of started innocently as, oh, I'm just going to try to be a little healthier. It'll improve my track performance, right? Then it just, my list of food that I allowed myself to eat got smaller, 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 smaller. Um, and not even like the amounts. First, it was the amounts of food. And then it started switching over to what types of food I was allowing myself to eat. So during high school, that was a really big struggle for me. Um, and then COVID hit and things got 10 times worse because I had nothing else to focus on besides food, exercise, my body, all of that stuff. I actually started tracking macros, taught myself how to lift in my basement, do all the compound lifts like squats, deadlifts, which was in retrospect, I'm glad I taught myself how to do. But at the same time, I think it was more like, let me control how my body looks instead of let's do this to see what I'm capable of. And I had too much time to think about food and obsess over it and go for 10 million walks a day with nobody asking questions. Yep. So 
that's kind of where it all started um but you know since that point it's kind of spiraled back forth back forth back forth many times which I'm sure we'll probably dive into a little bit later about you know how many times I freaking relapsed but I always say they always say your recovery journey is never linear so I felt so much guilt about how many times I'd relapsed and I remember like I posted I was actively posting on my social media during the time and I would say okay, I'm going all in again. And I think it was like the third time I said I was going all in again. And I got a comment like, yeah, okay, you say this all the time. That hurt. That oh. really hurt. Yeah. It hurt so yeah. bad. Like, you, yeah, you've already said this before. And my comment back was, listen, if you have ever struggled with an eating disorder, you would understand that this is not a linear journey. And I would strongly suggest, like, please don't say that to people because they're trying. I always say people are trying What's the saying? Um, people are doing the best that they can with the information and the knowledge they have at the time, right? Mm. I always try to give people a benefit of the doubt because honestly, they're just doing what they think is best. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not here to control how my life goes. It's up to God. It's, a, it's not up to me. You know, it was made to happen like that. So kind of without going on a tangent, um, it's not a linear journey and it has not been a linear journey whatsoever. Um, but here I here I am. Hopefully, you know, at the end of this very, very, very long winding recovery journey, um, finally feeling so good in my body and recovered. So it's possible, but it, it it definitely was a long four or five year journey for me. So that's just a little bit, little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh, a little bit out of a huge. Oh my gosh, that's that's yeah. amazing and incredible and just. There's like so many things you said in there that are so important to really like kind of pull out. So just like mm -hmm. one, the guilt over relapsing, and that is a huge thing. And it mm -hmm. is so, so normal to one relapse and two, to be guilty about that. Because I mean, you know, it's people who develop eating disorders tend to be very perfectionistic. Um, yep. and when you try to recover, you want to recover perfectly too. And same, I was the same way. And then when you yeah fell short of that. I, I remember I went to treatment and I was like, I'm gonna finish everything. I'm doing perfect. And then like three weeks in my therapist, was like, do you really like, like this? And I was like, I'm fine. Yeah. And then I'm like, actually, is it okay if I like don't eat these French fries? And she's like, to be perfect at this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like it's definitely like a learning process and also um like people are doing the best that they can and that comment makes me so angry because if people that yeah. is literally like telling somebody who's trying to give up smoking or drinking to say like oh well you said you'd go sober again but look at you that's like no hope it's, it's like, yeah at that what? point you just feel helpless and it's like okay can I even do this you know Yes. Nobody it, wants to feel like that. No, absolutely not. And so I um lead a couple of group therapies for dialectical behavior therapy called DBT. Um, and so what you are saying there is literally like the whole foundation of what DBT is like founded on. And I love it because like um, it's all about like saying like everybody is doing the best that they can behavior. All behavior has a cause. Like if you said you were going all in before and then you relapsed, that is the cause for that. And it's not your mm -hmm. fault. It's something out of your control. And like, also it's just like, Oh, it just makes me so mad when people say that stuff. And so, um, yeah, I just like, I'm angry at that person and I'm sorry that you had haters, but like way to prove them wrong and to see like how resilient you are and how much you've grown and like saying like, well, guess what? Like, this is not a linear journey. And like, I'm here to accept the situation as it is not as it should be, because when you relapse and you feel guilty about that, it's saying oh I shouldn't be doing this but when you put the word should on something it just it turns into a spiral and it can really lead to like that black or white thinking so by taking it as it is and accepting like this is the part of the process and it's not linear and it's okay because my worth is not defined by how I'm doing in recovery like it's so much better and so sorry yeah <laughs> no I kind of I kind of want to add to that to be honest yeah. um Please. I feel like, yes, relapse is a part of recovery, right? Mm -hmm. It happens whether you sometimes choose it or not. But what I will say, choosing to recover is a choice. And if you are not choosing to recover, then you're voluntarily going the wrong way. And I chose many times because of fear, because of discomfort. Yeah, you know what? I might as well just go back. You know, I chose it, whether I realized that was consciously or subconsciously. Recovery is a choice. Relapses sometimes can be a choice or they're not a choice. 
it's like ultimately are you choosing the what you want now or what do you want in the future that's i just kind of want to add that yes relapse is a part of recovery but i don't want my words to be taken as okay let me relapse <laughs> like you know like yep. not permission 100 percent good yeah. disclaimer there too um and absolutely it's a choice to recover like yes relapse happens but like and it's like not judging yourself for the relapse, but saying, okay, here's the situation. How am I going to change? How am I going yeah. to choose recovery on a day-to-day basis? And it really does come down to like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like it sucks. And I'm not going yeah. to, like, <laughs> it does. It really does physically, mentally, spiritually. You're just like, you feel awful for quite a while, but, or not, but I'm never going to, I'm going to say, and it's so freaking worth it. So it's like, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you for that too. It's always like choosing like in the investment of your future because it's going to be uncomfortable and you can do uncomfortable things and you can do hard things. So period. Yes. I love that. I second all of it. (laughs) So, um, awesome. So when did you start your social media account in all of this? Um, like where were you in your recovery journey? Um, and what inspired it? Yeah. So originally I started posting around my sophomore year of high school. So at the time, um, this is when I was like starting to make little healthier decisions. It was kind of innocent at the time. I didn't really realize I had a problem. Um, and I scrolled back on my Instagram a little while back and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I posted recipes and I was just like, I was just majorly underfueling and being very restrictive with the food I was eating. Um, so it kind of started innocently there. And then I think I stopped posting for a little while. And then I finally, maybe like six months after that, finally realized, you know what, I do have a problem. Then somehow, I don't even know how, my account turned into a recovery account. So <laughs> that's kind of the the way I pivoted because that's where my life was at the time. Um, and I I remember my parents and people in my life would say, you know, I love that you're posting. I'm so happy you're raising awareness, but you're not helping anyone. And I took that really, really harshly at first. Yeah. Um, But yeah. (laughs) So I've received a lot of comments like that, you know, like people would come to my siblings and be like, I'm triggered by what Maddie's posting because I was showing the relapses. That was what triggered people, which I understand, but you know, my intention was I want to use this to help people. And I think I was just not in a place that was, you know, healthy, solidified enough to actually do that consistently. Um, however, I, I, I don't know. I think I was very scared at first to post about, you know, my eating disorder and recovery and everything. And it was really uncomfortable at first, but honestly, I have zero regrets about the way that I've posted my entire life my entire the biggest struggle I've ever been through in my life all over social media because when I was deep in the depths of my problems I literally didn't have a community so I went on the recovery TikTok community the recovery Instagram and you know it gave me not I don't I don't want to say motivation to recover because so many people say oh yeah your stuff gives me motivation to recover which I'm so happy but the things that really inspired me were seeing people on the other side, seeing, okay, if they can do it, it's possible, you know? And so if you want to use that as your motivation, that's awesome. But seeing things like people facing fear foods, that, that really helped me as well. But you can't just watch other people do it and then not act in your own life and expect your life to change. That's something that (laughs) hit me for a while. For a long time, I was just intaking content um, for like two years and saying, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I never did it. <laughs> so, or I never did it like fully. I would do it and then I'd be like, oh, okay, I don't like this. And then I would stop, you know? Yep. Yep. Exactly. I like to equate it to, um, cause I feel that like on a spiritual level, um, it's like a mental block in gymnastics. I don't know if you ever had one of those where it's like a back handspring on the beam or something. And you're like, yes. and you're like, oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> exactly. But literally. Um, <laughs> For real. So I'm like, oh my gosh, it's kind of the same thing. Um, but that's a really beautiful story of your social media. And I know that it has helped so many people. And I've gotten to see like your social media evolve through the years. And it has really, I mean, it's always posted beautiful content. Like for like there's I've never been triggered by the content. And I think those are just haters that are talking about it. And like I'm, you know. 
the haters they're gonna hate and we all have haters I have haters you have like Mm -hmm. everybody has haters and it sucks and it's like so frustrating but also like look at like how many people you're helping and it's literally so inspiring and also your video content is like top tier like it is so (laughs) I get goosebumps when you talk I'm like yes um but also it's like yeah of course it's so important to like make that decision in your own life for people who are listening to this and are like okay yeah maybe I should like you know start watching a lot of these videos it's like yes Mm -hmm. you could do it but you need to choose it for yourself so it's like right yeah that's a really important point so how did you break through that barrier how did you like finally go for it and go all in yeah so as I said before I said I was going to go all in multiple times so (laughs) Um, the first time lasted a long time. Like it lasted, it, it was really, really good. Like I took all the reins off and was eating very freely. I think that was like my soft, no, first semester, second semester of freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. So it went really well. I was in a sorority at the time. So was hanging out with a bunch of new people, going out, having fun, um, doing the normal college stuff, uh, not really worrying about food as much. And then, you know, obviously from that, I had gained weight. Um, I went home over the summer and then I was not surrounded by those people any longer, not really out going out of my way to like eat foods that I couldn't prepare myself. Mm-hmm. So things kind of went south, relapsed from there. And then that cycle kind of repeated a few times. But during those all in attempts, the previous ones, like second and third, I don't even know how many there are, <laughs> to be honest. There's mm-hmm. a there's a lot. But I would still not fully take the reins off and let me kind of explain what that means a little bit yeah so I would eat something right one meal probably a day that scared me right but then the other times I would eat a quote-unquote safe meal which if you guys don't know what a safe meal is it's something that doesn't really scare you you know the nutritional information or you know that it's quote-unquote something that you're fine with it doesn't provoke anxiety right I would eat I would only do like And honestly, in full honesty, truth, the way to recover, in my personal opinion, in the all in approaches is the approach that I took is to take every single rain off. So the thing that made my last all in attempt successful was I went to the grocery store. Luckily, I have the flexibility and the ability to financially be able to do this. But I went to the store and I said, I'm going to buy the things I actually want to eat. I am not buying a single safe food, not one, not one. I'm not buying the plain Greek yogurt that I don't actually like. I'm not buying egg whites. I'm not, cause I wouldn't eat eggs, normal eggs. Cause I would only eat egg whites, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to trigger anyone with this. But um, that being said, that was the big major thing I had to do. I am someone who kind of is a control freak sometimes that goes with the perfectionism that eating disorders can cause. I needed basically to take the control away from myself. Because if I knew what was going into my food, I was terrified to eat it. And if I knew the nutritional information, I would not eat it. Like I was terrified. So what I really did was I voluntarily like sought out eating, eating out with friends or eating at friends places where they would cook for me. Or I would make a giant thing of banana bread, which, oh my gosh, I could talk about, which we will talk about. I would eat loaves and loaves of banana bread. But I would make something, I'd put all the things in, and I wouldn't know it was in it. And I would just say, you know what, what sounds good right now? And then that's what I would eat. Um, And I just pretty much ate everything in sight. But that was like the moment that made me want to go all in specifically. I guess let's kind of talk about that. So leading up to the prior last attempt of me ever going all in in my life um, was I was around the summertime, right? I had wanted to switch to eating a little more plant-based because I had I watched a documentary about animal foods and it's literally fear-mongered me. It scared the crap out of me. So See I decided, that, okay. you know what? You have. It's so bad. Okay, yeah, sorry. Anyway. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so that basically scared me and it scared like the eating disorder part of me and like the anxiety about all the things I'm putting in my body person. Um, so... I decided I'm going to be a little more plant-based, right? And then that kind of triggered into, I'm just not going to eat food unless it's come from the ground. And you know, all those stupid. So I struggled with orthorexia, which if you guys are listening, you don't know what that is. Basically, it's an obsession with the health of the food that you're eating, not necessarily the amount that you're eating. So I would eat, you know, 
normal amounts until I was, you know, pretty much full. Like I didn't really, okay, I say not really, but I wasn't intentionally restricting the amount of food I was eating, right? It was more what type of food I was putting in my body. So that made things 10 times worse for me. And I'd actually gotten to the point where I was so nutrient deficient that I thought I was having a heart attack because I was actually having heart palpitations. I was on a walk and I literally thought I was going to die. Like, I'm not being dramatic. I thought I was dying. And honestly, it's quite possible that I was. Yeah. So like electrolyte imbalances can cause a lot of heart palpitations. And I had a really bad eye twitch, like so bad. So that was like the major thing that I was like, okay, Maddie, you either recover right now or you're, you might die. Like that was my mentality. So it worked. <laughs> it, sc- it scared me more to die from this than it did to do what I needed to do, which was eat everything that I previously restricted and that I actually subconsciously wanted. So, yeah. and I don't want anyone listening to get to that point because it's not a good point. And I always say, you know, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, it, it it will force you to change or you make the decision to change for yourself. And for me, part of it was, okay, you know what? Um, it was a little forced for me, honestly, but that forcing made me end up choosing, but I just want everyone to know and empower. I want to empower people. You have the decision to change. I don't want the universe or God or anything like that to have to do it for you. You know, anyway, that being said (laughs) absolutely no wow what an incredible journey um and it really a lot of times it does take that point of like oh my gosh like I'm gonna die if I keep living this way and it's scary because like especially as someone who's so passionate about you know movement and stuff and like knowing that like your life is on the line and it's just it's just so hard um and I am so proud of you for taking that like all-in step and just like going for it and I remember when you posted about that grocery haul when you went all in and I was uh-huh. like yes girl <laughs> um and that's really awesome um wow what what a journey so like now I guess like when you look back on like that whole all-in approach I guess how has your mind both like your mindset shifted now maybe your craving shifted um mm-hmm. would you say it's like the same um and I guess like did you have to overcome like any obstacles like after going all in? Um, like, were there ever times when you're like, I want to eat a safe food right now, but I know I can't. So like, how did you overcome that? Yeah. Tell you now? Yeah. So there was a lot loaded in that question, but I'll just kind of, it's kind of all over the No, place. you're good. <laughs> I love it. There's, there's so much I could talk about, but I love it. <laughs> I'll just kind of give a little overview of like how all in started for me. Basically I did not crave a savory food, like pretty much ever, like meaning, Okay, let me let me let me retract that. I did not crave a single vegetable for about months, four or five months, to be honest. Totally. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Literally, I felt like a sugar addict fiend. I would wake up every day, put a crap load of sugary, uh, what's it called, creamer in my coffee. The next meal, I would eat donuts for breakfast. I would have banana bread. Literally, I felt like a crazy person. But you think about how many years and how much time. Have you restricted sugar from your diet, right? I thought of it as, okay, well, I restricted it for this many years and this is just the catch-up period. So that kind of mentality helped me a lot um, because I felt very unhealthy. I felt very, I felt like what I was doing was just wrong because that's what society tells you. Sugar's so bad. No, it's actually not bad. It's just a part of a normal diet. So I really did not eat vegetables consistently. Like I I did not want to take a look at a salad, so I didn't eat a salad. Um, nothing wrong with that at all. My cravings since going all in have definitely shifted a little bit. I will say, they always say, when you have unconditional permission to eat, you don't crave it as often. Like now, before my my time of the month, right, I will go a little crazy on the chocolate. But Mm -hmm. other than that, like on the weekends, yeah, I'll be like, oh, I want to go get a cookie with my sister. Or one day I'll get some sugary something that I'm, I'm really craving, but it's insane to me how much it's just dialed back. And it, it, it was never forced. It was never like, Oh my gosh, this is bad for me. It's just like, when I want it, I eat it. That's how I am now. And I never thought I would get there, but it's crazy that it works. And it, the most terrifying thing is going through recovery and eating all the sugar and all the 
the cheese oh my gosh the amount of cheese I ate because that was one of the major things I restricted (laughs) um ate so much cheese um (laughs) but now I just have a normal relationship with these things but yeah um extreme hunger I could talk about that forever I had an extreme hunger period and downed thousands and thousands and thousands of calories and felt so miserable and like because I was resisting it for so long but once I could just kind of submitted to the fact you know what I'm gonna eat I'm gonna do makeup eating sessions at night before bed every night for the next four months five months which is what happened for me the more I just accepted it the less it became like I felt bad about it I felt guilty about it and at first I really did after the first nightly eating sessions I would feel like crap and I wanted to hide I wanted to hide I didn't want to leave my apartment I would wear giant clothes and throughout the whole all-in recovery process in general I tried to avoid mirrors because I just didn't want to look at my body and when I didn't look at my body uh, like during the shower I would just like not I'd cover up the mirror so I didn't have to like look and honestly it helped me it helped me keep my focus on and make decisions about what do I want to do right now? Or do I want to go get a cookie with my sister? And if I wanted it, I did it. And that's how life should be. It shouldn't be, oh my gosh, but I already gained blah, blah, blah weight. Or, oh my gosh, my body looks this way. It was just, what does Maddie deep down in her core, her soul, what does she want to do? And that's the decision I made. So um, I forget what else was loaded in that question, but the all in approach, you know, it's hard and it doesn't work for some people. But I, I, I personally, you know, when I work with my clients, I say, be as freaking aggressive as you can, because that's what got me to the other side. Yeah. I, I, Caroline Dooner has a book called The Effort Diet. I'm not going to curse, but I um, love that book. <laughs> it's the best book ever. And she always says, like, eat your way to the other side. That's literally what you have to do. There's no other way to do it, in my personal opinion, and actually find that balanced, healthy relationship with food. So now that I guess we'll kind of switch up a little bit, but when I first went all in, you know, eating, eating every hour, eating every hour, eating all the time, eating tons and tons of sugar and all these restricted foods. And honestly, I don't remember, but one day I just stopped having those nightly eating sessions before bed. I don't know how it happened. It just did. And it all happens when you don't force it. And slowly, 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 my diet just started to normalize. And now that looks like sometimes I want a salad for lunch. Sometimes I want a turkey sandwich for lunch. Sometimes I want, I don't know what else I want, like a cheese quesadilla for lunch, you know? And it's just every week at the grocery, I'm like, what sounds good this week? Pasta? Cool. And now I can get a jar of freaking pasta and make pasta and just warm it up and not think twice about it. Like it's crazy. (laughs) Anyway, So diets definitely changed. I do actually crave salad again, but I don't force myself to ever eat a vegetable because, you know, vegetables are good for you, but so is sugar when you're undernourished. So whatever. (laughs) Absolutely. It's all like anything in excess is going to be bad for you. It's like all about that. And I mean, okay, not like when you're going all in, when you're undernourished. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. Um, So like, I mean, I'm talking about like people who are just like, just going to eat like fruits and vegetables all the time. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. is so bad. And it's like, but when you're undernourished, like eating sugar is the healthier decision than eating the vegetables. Exactly. And you yes. need it. Like you absolutely need it because like, if you restrict something like psychologically, like when you are not allowed to do something, you automatically want to desire more because we all have an innate need for control. And so we desire it more unconsciously. And like, even like looking at like, we just learned, um, about like these projective tests that we're doing, um, for like our assessment. And it's like, you look at an ink blot and you say, what do you see in here? And there's all these different codes that you can have. And for people who are undernourished, they always see food. They always see food because it's their own. That's so interesting. Defenses are down. And so it's like really looking at that and saying like, if you just allow yourself to have it, your brains, I mean, you know, once it's caught up and once you're at that set point that your body wants to be at, your brain is going to not be craving it all the time anymore. And so it really does even out. So yeah, that's a fantastic, um, that's a fantastic journey that you have there. So for those who want to go all in, um, but are scared, maybe they're scared to gain weight. Maybe they're scared to eat the food. Maybe they're scared to give up control. What advice would you have for those? 
Yeah, so I actually made a podcast on my podcast, which if you guys don't know what that is, it's <laughs> it's called the Wake Up and Step In podcast. And um, basically, I'll kind of summarize what I talked about in that episode. And going all in, making that decision is very tough. It's challenging because a lot of us have what's called ambivalence, which is part of you wants to change, part of you does not want to change. And you're constantly fighting those two parts of your brain, Right. So what I always urge people to do is journal and write down and listen to, I call it the higher self picture. I always tell people picture the future, right? What do you want your future to be like? And then basically the main thing that motivated me to go all in was the idea of that future of where I could go out to eat and get what I wanted and order off the menu And just be free around food and not have to stress about exercise and having that. Basically, the decision for me to go all in was out of, you know, regret from everything my eating disorder stole from me in the past. But also because I wanted that future and I knew I would never get there if I was still staying in this place of misery and not going out of my comfort zone. Because as a human being my goal is to help people connect with their higher self become the best version of them that they can and i always say it's not comfortable growth is never comfortable Mm -hmm. so sometimes you really just have to push past that comfort zone and that is choosing all in recovery and you know i could it's very hard for me to just give one piece of advice of how do i go all in basically it's you need to sit down and be completely honest with yourself and say has has my past approach worked? And if the answer is no, you quite literally have no other option than to make it work. And I know that sounds very, I'm very brutally honest, but something that really helped me was a girl named Tabitha Farrar on YouTube. I love she, her. Yeah, she's, she's very brutally honest, but she basically made me realize that the reason my past all-in approaches didn't work is because I stopped halfway And she also said that I love her. Please guys go listen to her YouTube stuff. She really motivated me and gave me like the brutal honesty truth about why, you know, recovery wasn't working for me, but um, basically had to realize if I didn't go all in, I would be sick for the rest of my life. And I could not fathom that. So really put your life into perspective. I made a list of everything that my eating disorder stole from me, like my personality, my energy, everything my freedom I could go on and on about that my period um which we're probably going to talk about next but uh that being said (laughs) that being said just make a list of everything that it's taken from you and really sit down and just dig deep on what do you want out of this life because in in all honesty we are not guaranteed tomorrow Mm -hmm. and if it means you're going to go all in be scared and do all the things and face all the foods that you're scared of, but that's also going to mean that you're going to end up being free at the end of the day. I thought it was worth it. And I could not go another day with my life, not being my life. Cause I was, I was, I was living, I was alive, but I was never fully present. So I hope that helps, gives you a little insight, makes you think, cause everyone's different. I can't say, okay, this is, you know, what's going to make you go all in, but just, Put put your past into perspective and say, can I continue living like this? Imagine you're staying in the same place that you are right now for the next six months, a year, five years. Are you going to be okay with that? And if the answer is no, you got to do something drastic to change your life. And it might suck. It probably will suck, but it's going to be worth it. So that was yep. so beautifully said absolutely <laughs> and it's really like wrecking oh you're just so wise um but like it's really recognizing like the fact that like one like your behaviors now like if you're engaging in disordered eating or um over exercising like they they serve a purpose figure out what that purpose is understand right. what that purpose is see okay what is this purpose but then what is it taking away from me why am I doing this what is Mm -hmm. gap is in my life that I'm trying to fill with this look at that gap and try and fill it with something else and try and yeah when you realize how much it takes away from you it's really hard and honestly like when it comes down to it have a scale of one to 10 and say, okay, how motivated am I to go all in right now? Whatever you write, let's say you write yourself a three, you're pretty low. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, why am I not a zero? It's like, 
really just taking that in and saying there is some hope holding on to that and holding on to exactly like what your values are and what I hear from you is that like you really tuned into your values and like especially like your faith and everything and so I was just gonna say that that was the one thing like if I had to think back what changed in my last approach was my relationship with God honestly it was because it was no longer in a lot of I, I don't really talk about it as much as I want to on my own podcast but you know, my faith was a huge thing because it was no, it made recovery no longer about me. And when it wasn't about me, I could let go of the reins of what I wanted to do and just say, Hey God, what do you want me to do today? And he said, you know what? Uh, We're going to have you go all in. I don't know if he actually said that, but that's how (laughs) I felt. The Holy spirit got me that way. So (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. And that's like, it's really about giving the control to him because he is in control. Like we have no say over our lives. Like nothing is guaranteed in this world, like you said. And so it's like really about like, I remember um, the faith part. So I was really, I remember like way back and I was like really struggling one day and I was praying. I'm like, I, I didn't think I was going to go. I was like, I'm not going to recover. I'm like, God, like, give me a sign that I just should try one more time. Mm-hmm. Like I kept going back and forth and I was driving and all of a sudden this car passes me. And when they get in front of me, their license plate was eat three, three, three. And are th- you serious? Yeah. And I was born at three thirty three in the morning. So three has always been my lucky number. And like three has always been like a sign. And I was like, okay, God, you that, are. That's, <laughs> that's actually funny because I have a very similar experience oh where I was like goodness. in the midst of wanting to relapse. And I said, God, like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, during recovery when I was very insecure in my body and just really resisting the process and I was like god I don't know what to do and then literally someone someone's license plate in front of me said like in god we trust and I just I just remember like I was like this is such a sign this is such a sign of like just keep trusting god yeah it's crazy it's really crazy that's so beautiful I literally just got goosebumps when you said that so (laughs) god's God's working out here he sure is. He is. Yeah. He's amazing. So you mentioned that your eating disorder took away your period. So let's mm-hmm. talk about periods, um, which we do a lot on this podcast. So what is your journey with HA? I know that a lot of people tend to struggle with that, um, whether mm-hmm. it's because of like, you know, under fueling, stress, um, over-exercising, just give us the whole spiel. Yeah. Okay. It's a very long spiel, but I'll kind of keep it brief. <laughs> so the first time I lost my period was my, I think, junior or senior year in high school. Uh, at the time I was doing track and, you know, wouldn't really say like I was in actually, yeah, I definitely was in my eating disorder, but mine, mine's manifested in a lot of different ways. So I was just over-exercising a lot. And it's actually funny because people in my immediate life were like, Oh, like, it's just normal. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And that's always what you hear. Um, Oh, like it's, it's normal as a cross country runner to not have your period. No, it's freaking not. It's a sign that you're not fueling and you're over-exercising. And you're probably experiencing a whole lot of other symptoms, like not having good sleep, being cold all the time, being irritable, and simply just not enjoying life. So that's kind of what happened, but it came back. So it was gone for like two months, and then eventually it came back because I stopped I just stopped track and it came back, right? So I don't specifically remember when I lost it again, but I didn't have it for about years. Like, I think I didn't have it for like a year. And then I got it back for like two months and then I lost it again for like another year. Um, Because during the time I was just never giving up exercise, I would eat a little bit more, but I would like would refuse to do cardio because I I have always heard, oh, you can't do cardio if you have HA, it's going to stress you out even more. But the problem was I was still doing so much other exercise and just not eating enough in general that was never going to come back. So um, ended up on my most, you know, my last all in attempt getting it back within like a month of eating whatever the heck I wanted. So, you know, they always say like, eat 2,500 calories to get your period back. I was eating way more than that. So it worked. Um, And I, I, there's this one TikTok, it literally went so viral of me like decorating a cake, like got my period back cake. So freaking screamed when I saw that. I I remember I left like five comments. I'm like, I feel like I'm annoying her right now, but this is so exciting. No, it was awesome. And honestly, my, my motivation for eating, you know, I say eating more food. They always say eat more food to get your period back. For me, it had to be, I have to go all in and eat everything I wanted, which in retrospect was the best decision I could have made. Um, 
my motivation was I want to make a period cake. <laughs> I just, I literally was like, I want the period cake because it's so weird because anybody who's never struggled with not having their period is just like, oh, this sucks. But I was so happy. I was like, yeah. this is amazing. It's amazing. I also made a period cake or my dad made one for me. which Oh, really? Me. Yeah. And it was red velvet <laughs> and then he frosted it in like white and we like did the same thing. <laughs> now I really want a red velvet cake. I might go to Kroger I- and just give myself a cake. Actually, yeah, I should go to my Kroger too now. So. <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway, I so <laughs> kind of basically, um, everyone's different. I know there's a whole, a whole spiel of people that are like, oh, you have to stop exercise to get your period back. You can you can continue doing exercise. You can blah, 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 blah. There's so much just, con- not even controversy, but opinions out there about what works and what doesn't. And in all honesty, like, I'm not even going to talk about my experience with exercise because when when I do, people just go on tangents. And anyway, my whole point is eat enough food, period. And a lot of people like to take the more strategic approach of adding a little bit to each of their meals, which, you know, if that works for you, that works for you. Hmm. It did not work for me. And it held me back for years. Like, I couldn't have it for three, four years. And Oh my gosh, I could, we should do a whole nother episode about HA because there's so many, yeah, there's so many detrimental side effects of just not having your period, even though it's socially acceptable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my period came back and I've had a regular period since October of 2022. So, so great. It. I'm actually about to be on it right now. Oh, heck yes. <laughs> actually, uh, um, same. Are we twins? Oh. We're twinning. We're twinning. Everybody listening to this podcast is like, "Wow!" Now I know your kids are like that's. They're gonna be like, "Let me keep. Let me keep track." Please, please don't. Literally, we're gonna have people like commenting. They're gonna be like, "Guess what? I'm in my period too." And that's like, so funny. Oh, that's so funny. Um, but wow, that is actually really good advice. And honestly, like, it really does come down to at least for me and for what it was. I mean, I did, well, when I was in recovery, I had to take a few years off of exercise, but like I got mine back when I was running. So it's like, it really does. It's all about what you eat. Really. It Mm -hmm. is like like nutrition. I mean, of course there's things that can stress your body out. And like, there was times at first when I was still in that like period where it was just like, I would, I would be super stressed. I'd still be eating a lot, but then I would miss one. And so, cause it's your body. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, but there's this guy or he's a nutritionist or dietitian, sorry, on Instagram called nutrition with Derek. I don't know if you like have heard of him. I've never heard of him. Okay. Well, he's great. He's a sports dietitian and he always posts about HA because he is super passionate about it. And he's like, um, you don't have to give up your sport it to recover. Like a lot of people don't have to, because it is all about just like unrestricting yourself from what you've been restricting for so long and it's like he's like fueling your body for the exercise that you're doing exactly and it's so important he's like I have people running 60 miles a week and they get their period back and it's just like right and I just want to add like a little a little thing here it's just like if you're listening and you're like wait this is them saying I don't have to stop exercise it's all about your relationship to exercise you are the only one who knows if it's disordered for you and if you feel like let's say you get injured and you have to take a month off of the gym or a month off of your exercise. Are you going to be okay with that? And if the answer is no, and if that causes you anxiety, that is a huge sign that you need to take way more than a month off to better your relationship with it. So 1000% absolutely yep. retweet. If this is not, <laughs> we are not doctors. Okay. Like, no, nothing we say is, no. I mean, we have advice because this is our personal experience, but we are not giving treatment advice to anyone. So, anyway, <laughs> exactly. So please, if you are struggling with HA, please reach out to a professional um, about this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and yeah, absolutely. So it's, it really does come down to your relationship with exercise too. Like I said, I took three years off. I did nothing. I would sit on the couch and eat all day. And that's how I live. Same. My life. Guess what? It's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And it's okay. Guess what? Your body is going to be fine. It's going to be stronger than ever when you get back. So great. Um, So now talking about exercise a little bit, I know you don't want to get into too much detail about that whole side of things, but I guess like, how is your relationship with exercise now that you're recovered? Oh my gosh. So much better. And for, I'll just kind of give a little information so when I first went all in I was still exercising but not doing cardio I was only lifting Mm -hmm. um for a few months and then during people oh gosh anyway I don't want to bring that up but 
I did. I did stop exercising for about two months. Very like was literally laying in bed every single day, all day eating um, and honoring all of my hunger that I had. So that being said, um, that is what really, really made me internalize that I exercise for me was no longer about changing my body, being able to get to the point where I could lay in bed all day and accept the body that I'm genetically made to maintain that is my set point weight without worrying about how much exercise or like how exercise would change that body when I got to the point where I could look in the mirror and say okay this is the body I have I'm going to accept it and you know what I actually started to appreciate it that's when I knew okay I'm ready to exercise again but so many people go back before they're ready which honestly in the past caused me to relapse but now exercise exercise and food it's hard to explain to someone who is in that disordered place of the point where you get where you exercise and you're not thinking about calories burned you're not thinking about how you're going to underfuel yourself you're not thinking about oh my gosh i ate blank yesterday how much do i have to exercise to make up for blank like the mental gymnastics is just not there anymore it's so freeing your brain is just like okay, I'm going to eat a snack so I can feel myself to work out today. And you don't care what it is for the most part. And it's just, you exercise in a way that feels good. And when you're tired and you don't feel like doing the three miles you said you were going to do today and you decide to do one or do none, it's not a big deal anymore. And being in that place is absolutely amazing. Um, And my relationship with exercise, I think is the best it's ever been because I have unlocked so much potential inside of me because I I've always had the goal of like having big goals I'm running a 10k like I could have never done that in the worst phases of my restrictive eating and underfueling. it's just not possible so my biggest motivation for recovering and fueling myself properly was so I could get to the point where I could train like an athlete like actually train like an athlete and I have many fitness goals um one of which is you know I'm kind of shifting away from just strictly hypertrophy training and just doing more for performance, like power training, sprinting, like running for endurance. Exercise is so fun when you have a healthy relationship with food. It truly is because it's like, what is my body capable of? What can I, what can I do? And you can actually push yourself for like, in a good way to make you connect with your full potential as a human. Anyway, that's kind of, that's kind of where it's at now, which is amazing. It's so amazing. That is beautiful. And I resonate <laughs> so many levels. And it's so cool to see how like, you really shifted that and saying like, okay, like, I don't want to train to burn calories. I want to train because I'm an athlete and you've always yeah. been an athlete. And it's like, especially with like your running journey and stuff and like your morning mile and like your 10k that you're training for. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. To see. I also um, went through that too. I was like mainly focusing on lifting when I could get back into exercise. And I'm like, wait, you know, this is kind of to try and like build muscle and like look a certain way. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like I like running the best. And so like, I think that's really cool that you like found that too and are, are more like shifted into that gear. And so when is your 10K that you're training for? Yeah, so it's actually, let me see, let me pull up my calendar. It's in about a month, but <laughs> that's okay. I, I'm already, yeah, I'm already running. So my mileage tomorrow, my long run's five. So like I'm I'm at the brink. You're so you got. I just it. gotta like hold that. I'm I could go do it today. I'd probably get injured though. So I'm just trying to make sure I keep up with the training plan. And it's so fun. It is so fun for me because I just I literally run, listen to worship music, and it's just the most transformative experience ever. So <laughs> my gosh, literally same. I listened to worship music all morning on my run this morning, and it was just yep. like, oh, that's so fun. You know, you should you should sign up for one of the Bayshore races because we have a lot. Of- I really should. <laughs> I know. Right? Okay. Okay. Come <laughs> meet me in person. <laughs> I would love to. No, we're gonna make it happen at some point. Yeah, absolutely, we, we are race or you know just hang out okay amazing we're gonna meet anyway yeah we will anyway, <laughs> stay tuned stay yeah, tuned <laughs> so now that you have such a beautiful relationship with exercise and fitness and just like your passion I can see like the light in your eyes when you talk about like just movement now and it's so cool um so when did you decide to be I mean I know you kind of talked about a little bit about your career and personal training and coaching business but yeah. can you give us a little bit of like the story behind that and like what your mission is like what I mean I know you give a little bit but I guess like what would be involved if somebody wanted to work with you 
Yeah, no. So I, I've always known, like, because of how extensive my background with exercise is before it was ever disordered, like I was always an athlete and I've had the mindset of an athlete instilled in me. But even when my relationship with exercise got to the point where it was unhealthy, I knew that I wanted to help people in that space get better and like better the relationship with exercise and food so that they could really find the healthy balance between because don't get me wrong it is important to have healthy habits to be a healthy individual but the whole terminology of what I had like signified that health was it was so wrong it was so restrictive it was so not enjoyable for me and that's not what health is so the main the main um like mission of my coaching is to help people find that healthy relationship with food and exercise where they don't have to obsess over everything they put in their mouth, but they can still reach their fitness goals and unlock the potential that they have inside of them to become the human being, the highest self that they can be that. And so I'm a fitness and a mindset coach. So I think the two go hand in hand. Obviously I am a certified personal trainer. So I have a lot of experience and knowledge on exercise and like programming to find specific goals. And um, also the mindset part is huge. If you neglect the mindset, it just, you will never be able to execute effectively in any part of your life. So that's really hits different for me. And that's really what made me shift my definition of what healthy is to wellness without obsession, which is how I live my life now. So I don't want to say that coaching is, something I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life because that's a very big assumption right Mm -hmm. but I fully wholeheartedly feel like this is God's plan for my life because I can't see myself doing anything else being able to relate to these humans who have been through similar things and help them show them that they have another life out there not another life but another version of their life out there that's better happier healthier and they can be confident in what their bodies feel like because that's what health is. It's how do you feel? It's not how do you physically look, right? Mm-hmm. That's my that, that's my passion and that is my motivation. And I want to say, like, I am not anti-weight loss. That's one thing that people don't understand. I'm not anti-weight loss. I'm anti-restricted because the majority of my clients who come to me um, in my, like, in-person personal training job are like, I want to lose a little weight. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable in my body. But I always work with them to say, okay, it's not wrong to want weight loss, but why do you want to lose weight? Are you looking for, are you looking to become more confident? Because if so, we can do that in a way we can help develop your mindset of like, let's accept your body for what it's going to look like when we integrate some healthy habits. And if you happen to lose some weight, then that happens. But I'm not going to be like, weight loss is all going to solve all of your problems, right? Because the majority of people who come to me and the majority of people in general, in our general population, struggle to get themselves to exercise Mm -hmm. so it's crazy for me as a personal trainer being on the complete opposite side of being too crazy about exercise to understand where these people are coming from but I think having that experience of being too unhealthy has really helped me to develop an idea of what actually a balanced healthy relationship with food is so when I help people it's more from an approach of, okay, well, we're not going to cut out any of your foods that you actually want because I did that. And guess what? That's never going to get you to a healthy and happy and confident place. So that was kind of all over the place, <laughs> but oh, I hope that helps clarify. But I do have like a one-to-one application on my bio in my link tree that people can fill out. Um, and honestly, I just always encourage people to DM me if they want any more details, want to hop on a call with me, figure out if working with me would be a good fit for them and me as well. So I'm glad that we got that out of the way, talked about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that is awesome. And guys, I highly recommend if you are looking for a coach that has these values, which is so rare in the fitness community, like you are, you're a unique like you're a gem. So I mean, like I I recommend that you reach out to her or fill out the application and I'll link everything down below too in the show notes. Um, but seriously, she's amazing. And if you are looking for somebody with these values, like I highly recommend you reach out to her. So, um, I love that. And it's so evident that God is using your struggle for his glory. And like you're bringing to, I mean, I know I said this earlier, but like you're bringing his love into what you do. And I think that's just uh, amazing and beautiful. And so, yeah, that's awesome. That's so kind. Thank you 
Sabrina. <laughs> of course. So before I give you like a little bit of a closing question, I guess like what is your future like fitness, career, health, and like spiritual goals look like? Yeah, uh, I have a lot of big goals. And you know, a lot of the times yeah. people think I'm crazy, to be honest, but that's, that's okay. The <laughs> then you know you're setting good goals. <laughs> yes, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, I see myself coaching full time, 100%. I also see myself switching up my content a little bit on social media. So, you know, still standing for, you know, wellness without obsession. But today I actually filmed some content um, about like workouts and stuff, which I haven't posted in a very long time. So I'm very excited to see where that goes specifically. Um, Also, my content on YouTube is going to be coming out a little more consistently. And I'm posting a lot of, um, how would I describe this? Content focused on educating people about scientific journals, because that is my, that's my, that's my stuff. I literally love degrading scientific research and breaking it down in a way that makes sense to other people, specifically in regards to exercise. So I'm super excited. I have a very long um, episode about why we gain weight after stopping dieting and why our biology is wired to make that happen coming out probably in the next week or two. It's a very long episode, extensive, but a uh, lot of research went into it. Yeah, I I'm so excited. That's my favorite type. That's like my favorite type of episode to do when I like just like go into the literature and I'm like, yes, I'm using your profession to like integrate it into everything. And it's like, oh my gosh, amazing. Okay, sorry to interrupt. But anyway, <laughs> no, like- no, no, you're good. So that's kind of where I see myself going, trying to be a little more. I love YouTube because I feel like I have a very, I have a big personality and I have a lot of wisdom I like to think about from all my past experience it's very hard to get that through in very short times on reels yeah so I'm gonna be posting a lot more on YouTube so my YouTube is Maddie Elise M-A-D-I-A-L-Y-S-E so you guys can find me on there um below (laughs) yeah oh thank you (laughs) but definitely posting more on there about the scientific just trying to educate people so that they have the knowledge to be healthy without obsessing over it, you know, and really empowering people through mindset work to connect with the highest self that's in them and wake up and step into that potential as a human, as a human being. So that's kind of where, where I'm going to be going. My content's going to be shifting a little bit because my life is shifting. I'm no longer the girl in recovery. It's like now I'm documenting my life and who I want to be after, which is so crazy that I'm here, but it's the best it's the best that is incredible I love that we should do a whole nother episode on like identity too and I was like telling her that before yeah we need to do so many episodes together because you know this is just there's so much I love it so much good you are so freaking wise like everything that comes out of your (laughs) mouth it's just like amazing so like guys please go check out her content um I will link all of her stuff down below her YouTube her website her Instagram like TikTok like you guys like she's incredible so Awesome. Oh, that's so sweet. And yeah, guys, my Instagram and TikTok are both Maddie Elise Fitness, and I spelled it earlier, but it's M-A-D-I-A-L-Y-S-E Fitness. You guys can find me on TikTok and Instagram there. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, <Of course. laughs> for a fun closing question, um, if you could be famous for one recipe and one recipe only for like for the rest of your life, like make a million bucks off of it, what would it be? Oh gosh, I didn't even dive into this in this episode, but honestly, I followed, I can't say it's my recipe, but it's my little uh, twist on the recipe, uh-huh. and during my extreme hunger and all-in recovery, I ate about a half of a loaf, if not a loaf of banana bread, pretty much every day, every day, I'm not Love lying. <laughs> That's so, amazing. the recipe that I used, oh gosh, I should have it memorized by now for the <laughs> amount of times that I literally made it, but I remember it was just normal all-purpose flour it was just like a cup of sugar like plain white granulated sugar there was an egg there was some just normal like stick butter uh salt vanilla extract oh gosh what were the liquid ingredients oh wait I don't know but anyway just basic banana bread but the thing the thing that really kicks it off okay put dark chocolate chips in it I love dark chocolate and then you top it with some cinnamon and sugar on top and it's the best thing on the freaking planet. Yum. Oh my gosh, Maddie, yeah. I'm getting bananas right now. And I think I'm going to make some. <laughs> you should. You know? I really just want to let my bananas expire or like rot yeah. or wait, that's not the word. <laughs> I want to. 
ripen. I want to let them ripen, ripen. so that I can make banana bread, not expire. Okay, <laughs> no, right? We don't like expired bananas. No, that is so funny. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's banana incredible. bread is <laughs> banana bread is amazing. So it, strongly suggest you make yourself a good little loaf of banana bread. Yes, definitely. And you inspired me. I'll probably go make a uh, loaf of banana bread now because I have studying to do and I need it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's perfect. I love that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Maddie, for being on this show. And I'm so excited um, that you were able to share your wisdom and everything today. You are just such a light and such an inspiration to so many people. Like so many people need this. So many people need your wisdom and your light. And so, um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me, Sabrina. This was a great conversation. I hope you guys listening got a little bit of knowledge, wisdom, just a different way of thinking out of this episode. Um, And yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I love you.